1: Greenie with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. It all changes so exceptionally
0: quickly in baseball, a couple of weeks, and your fortunes have completely reversed, and that's what's gone on with the Angels. It's Kentian Carlin on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance in for Greeny today. Uh, Padres beat the Angels last night, eight to five. Otani made the start. Uh, five innings gave up, uh, what, four or five, run- five earned runs and had five to leave runs, yeah. because of a blister on his hand, went over 3 at the plate. Angels put Mike Trout on the IL uh, with the ham eight injury, which is at least a month at this point. Then Anthony Rendon uh, exited the game. Not that, I mean, you don't ever want to see anybody get hurt, but he has not exactly provided a whole lot uh, for the Angels since he has got there. And what is, to me, the worst contract in baseball right now. And so the Angels, two weeks ago, Chris, were sitting there in the final wild card spot and comfortably there. And now they're what, three and a half, four out of the wild card spot, having dropped 10 of their last 15. And you know what is coming over the next few weeks. Is Otani going to get traded or not?
2: Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't. It was the first time Otani had given up back-to-back home runs, I believe, in his career, which is wild when you think about it. But yesterday, he clearly wasn't himself. I mean, he had the fingernail issue. They put an acrylic nail on there, but he developed some of the blister because of the pressure that he was putting on the ball, trying to throw his all speed stuff. So, like, you, you can understand um, why he had a not a typical outing based on his standards. But in terms of the big picture with, with, the, with the Angels – they absolutely have to consider potentially moving Otani at the deadline. I mean, think about it. Mike Trout, he's got the wrist injury, and even in listening to his response post-game talk about it, he he, he intimated that he would need to have surgery to fix it. He talked to guys um, around the league that have had the injury, and they've given him the timeline. He said, you know, some guys have come back as soon as four weeks. Others, it's taken longer, so you just have to see how his body heals. But we won't know whether or not he'll need surgery until the next couple of days. I mean, he did walk walk it back a little bit and said that surgery may not be a foregone conclusion, but in listening to Trout, it sounded like he was going to have to have surgery. And so if that ends up being the case, big fella, then you have to consider selling off Otani if for no other reason to be able to bring back prospects and players that could help you move forward even if your free agent plan is to try to retain Otani. So I think this is something that the Angels consider. I wouldn't go down that road if I was in the decision-making seat for that organization just because I want to show the player that I want him at all times, and I don't want to give him the opportunity to fall in love with another place in Major League Baseball. Mm. But I also understand that if you're going to throw – 500 plus million dollars at a guy, and you want him to be the cornerstone. Trading him in a season that ends up being lost for you might not be the worst thing because of what you can get back in return that can help him and your organization move forward today is Otani's 29th birthday
0: here is Alden Gonzalez ESPN MLB reporter on with Freddie and Fitzsimmons last night does it matter to Otani for the Angels to make the playoffs about his long-term decision
3: I will preface this by saying I don't know that there is anybody in the industry and I count executive fellow players in this bucket that truly knows where Shohei Otani is leaning what he is thinking about anybody who says so is basically making it
0: up at this point I think one thing that you could be certain about with Shohei Otani is that winning matters to him. And I think another thing that he values is comfort and the ability, especially with the uniqueness of what he's trying to do, which is to be the first player in baseball history to for a
3: long-term stretch, be a two-way player. And he needs comfort to be able to do that. He needs an organization that will basically put the infrastructure in place and sort of give him the freedom to
0: do it. The Angels have done that. So he's got comfort there, but he wants to win. And I think this season is very much about that. It's about capitalizing on what could be, Shohei Otani's last year with the Angels, but showing the, showing him that they can win. Here's the thing. I don't think they can. And secondly, in the next month... In the next four weeks before August 1st, Chris, you cannot lower the price just to move him. You're talking about not wanting him to find some other place um, where he could fall in love, right? Yep. If I'm the Angels, we'll have talks. And my talks start with your three top prospects and maybe two young major leaguers who aren't going to cost me a lot of money. Because I am potentially giving up two great players in one two great players in one, you are going to pay dearly for that if I am going to make that move. I I might let that price lower a hair or two, but somebody's going to meet that price if I'm going to move off of Otani. And if that means that I have to ride out the rest of the season with him and then I potentially lose him for nothing, uh, that's what I'm going to do. Then I'm going to do everything I can uh, before the season ends, and do everything I can in the off season, whatever it takes to convince him to stay here long term.
2: Well, big fella, I'm curious as to who those teams would be that are in position to give up a couple of major leaguers and three prospects, three of your top prospects in your farm system. Who's in position to be able to pull off a move like that and pay Otani 500 plus million dollars? Like right, to me, I'm I'll, I'll giving you're your team- not giving you're not giving that up unless you're going to pay him. And make him your guy, and, and, and avoid this whole free agent thing altogether. Like, I, I just, how does that happen? Well, like, who's the team that's in position to do that? If is you're my a team, question.
0: if you're a team that's trying to win a championship and feels like you're in the position to potentially do that, you're the Yankees. They're always going to be brought up. Chris, can the will Otani put the Giants back over the hump this year, and then they might look at it like we'll just go and pay you next year. But mm-hmm. if if they have a chance, they feel like. Um, they're sitting right now tied for the last wild card spot. If he gave him a chance to go and win immediately, yeah, maybe. Would Texas do it? I don't know that Otani would sign there long term, so that would give me more pause. But they've certainly got the money, and they've certainly got the young players to do it. So there are going to be a few places that are going to be interested in dealing for him now. I absolutely believe that. Because uh, this guy is so much of a unicorn, and I even hate, calling it unicorn, we just yeah. literally have never seen this before, Chris.
2: No, there's no doubt that he's a great player. Like, he's an all-timer. There's no question. Like, again, the only comparison to Otani in the history of the sport is Babe Ruth, and that was in the dead ball era. So, and I mean, if you again, go back
0: and look, there's really no comparison.
2: Otani's doing that's, it a lot better that's than my, Ruth But that's did. my point, though. Yeah. So, like, you're talking about – you know, this being, you know, a a once-in-a-lifetime type of guy. And and so, yeah, I get that there will be people that are interested. My only question is, if you're a team that fancies yourself as a title contender, do you have the players and the prospects to give up Otani without assurances, to give up for Otani without assurances that he's going to resign with you? Like, that would be the thing that would give me cause to pause. If you're – If you're the Angels, it makes sense to have the conversation. I would just let the player lead that aspect of the conversation. To me, trying to gauge what he would want um, would be the priority in, in setting our team up for the foreseeable future. And if he wants to entertain the possibility of helping out the organization by going somewhere else for two or three months and then coming back in free agency, so be it but I'm not going to be the one that proposes that if I'm Angel's ownership. It's Canty and
0: Carlin in for Grady on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. You know, we talk about this so much in the NBA, and I just kind of thought of it And I'm, as you're discussing that, right? If you're the Angels and you are entertaining it, are you going to him, like you said, more out of just trying to continue to build my relationship of being completely respectful for you and doing everything I can to lock you up for the long term? even if you're open to it, but you still want to come back. In other words, ownership
2: trying to do everything they can to be player-friendly in that situation. Yeah, it's a delicate dance, and that's why I would let the player lead that aspect of it, but... If you're the Angels, you're hoping that it could be a situation like what we saw with the Yankees once upon a time where they traded away over all this Chapman in free agency. He ends up going to uh, – I mean, not traded, traded him away midseason. He ends up going to a title contender in the Cubs, and then they bring him back on a five-year, $85 million deal. But one of the players that they got back in that trade with Chicago was Glaber Torres, who's an all-star caliber shortstop. Mm-hmm. So you're hoping that it could be that type of proposition – but to me, I'm just asking: what title-contending team is in a position to give up as much as what the Angels would be asking for in order to get Shohei Ohtani just on a rental? All right, I'll ask you. See that, uh, I just don't see that as a possibility.
0: Well, i just throw, I'll throw another one at you: a team that has been awful for a really long time and is right now uh, at the top of the wild card in the American League and is a team that, frankly, has so many young players and prospects because of what has happened for them losing for so long. You're the Orioles. You're going to just go and maybe take a shot. Can you imagine what Otani would look like for the Orioles this year? That would vault them. That That would vault the Orioles to a chance to win the World Series. Like, there are teams that have been so bad for so long or in position to do this, where I don't think it's the worst idea in the world. But to be clear, I completely understand and respect the idea of letting Otani drive it. I'm not doing it if I'm the Angels unless I get exactly what I want coming back. I can't do it because he's that level of player, and I will ride it out the rest of the year. I'm not going to just do it to do it. That would be a huge mistake. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny, ESPN radio and on the ESPN app. Canty, I cut you off there. I mean, it, it, you can lower the price of hair, but you have got to load up if you're going to do it.
2: Yeah, I think they, they they ultimately end up keeping him just because I don't think there's going to be somebody out there that's paying him without the assurance, paying the asking price to the Angels without the assurance that they're going to be able to get him locked up, um, you know, long term after the season. Like to me, like, the prospects of doing it on a rental, trying to pull off what the Toronto Raptors did once upon a time with Kawhi Leonard. I, I just, mm. that's a tall order, especially with what they're going to be asking for in return. So I just, I, I don't see it happening. Uh, I, I think it ends up being Otani staying put uh, and the Angels trying to do everything that they can to convince him that Los Angeles is the best place for him to continue his career and and potentially finish his major league baseball career. 888 say
0: ESPN, 888, 3776 So if you're the angels at this juncture, do you trade him before the deadline? And if so, what teams should be in the mix to get him at 888 say ESPN. I'm not asking for trade proposals. I'm asking for realistic situations. So this is not, I'm going to give you all of my garbage, and here we'll get Otani for nothing. That's not what this is. Should the Angels really consider dealing him away right now? 888-729-3776. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny. Now, you may know this. Chris Canty is a tremendous NFL player. He is a world champion, and he has played in every environment on every stage in football. What's the toughest to play in? He's going to tell us next on ESPN Radio.
4: Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement... macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year head to macy's.com gift finder today that's macy's.com
3: gift finder this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. we all carry around different stressors i do you do we all do big small and when we keep them bottled up as i sometimes have had happen in the past it can start to affect us negatively therapy is a safe space
4: Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Greeny, the podcast.
0: It's ESPN with Otani. He did leave the game last night with a blister, but assuming that's no big deal, should the Angels at this point, with the injury to Mike Trout, with how they've been playing, uh, try to move on from him before we get to the Top five environments of home field advantage in the NFL in two minutes. Canty, let's get a call in first. Lance is up first on ESPN Radio. Lance, what do you got, bud?
3: Hey guys, how you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm great, man. I was just thinking, you know, the Reds from over the years, occurring everything they've occurred, they could. Ellie De La Cruz ain't in that package.
1: And maybe you can put in Joey Votto's contract just to move that. Oh, I don't but think the they're going to be able to move have the uh,
0: No, I don't think the Angels are moving it, you know, are moving Otani to take a contract on like Joey Votto's contract. But, I mean, that's, unfortunately, when you start talking about those kind of trades, Canty, like Ellie De La Cruz is where we're going to start when we're talking yeah. about Otani. And the yeah, Reds are not going to want that- to do that.
2: That's where we're going to start, but here's the thing. The Reds are are in an organization that's going to pay through the nose in order to keep Otani. so right. essentially they would be trading for a rental. Right. I don't know that it's worth it for their team based on where they're at right now. They've got a pretty strong farm system, and they've got really good young talent that's in the bigs. I, I don't know that the Reds need to make that kind of a move. They're already atop of the NL Central, so what would be the impetus for them to do it? Their championship winner or their title contending window is just Opening up, so I don't know that you have to make a move like that for an Otani rental and give away a lot of your young talent. I I just don't see that as as something that makes sense based on where they're at in their program building.
0: Alvaro is up next on ESPN Radio. What do you think, Alvaro? Hi, how
4: you doing today, guys? Great. So yeah, basically, I think the Angels should make the move. They should consider getting some kind of assets for Otani because. He's going to walk away
0: for nothing. That
2: organization does not win
0: for whatever reason. They just can't even make the playoffs. Otani cares about winning. They should try to get something for him because I think it's a 90% chance he's leaving uh, once free agency comes.
2: Listen, I don't know that it's going to be that high. I, I think there are limited teams when it comes to people that are going to pay for Otani in free agency. Carlin, you've talked about this a lot. I mean, it's going to be $500-plus plus million Yes, easy. That's a lot of money. Yep. And there are only so many places that Otani is going to want to go. So certainly all of the West Coast teams are in play because he wants to be close to Japan. Uh, but you're also talking about the New York Yankees. Uh, I mean, those are the types of teams that are going to be involved in the bidding. So with it being a handful of teams, I, I still think the Angels have a chance to re-sign Shohei. I really do. Canty and Carlin in for Grady ESPN Radio. We are coming
0: to you live from the Seaport District. Brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron.
1: From the top five NFL quarterbacks, so badly want to bring Super Bowl here to Buffalo. Herbert
0: rolling right, throws touchdown. touchdown.
1: To the top five NFL fan bases, Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. we're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's. One fifty-eight, go rank them the top five home field advantages
0: chris canty obviously having experienced every nfl environment is of the utmost skill and experience to provide this list
2: and he will do that right now
1: number five i'm
2: glad i'm glad you pointed out that it's from my own personal experience okay Mm. so let me explain my rationale with each one of these and we're going to start with The Philadelphia Eagles. The Link is a tough place to play and I was in that division for eight of my 11 years in the National Football League. The rowdiest fans in the NFL bar none. Big fella, we came up with a list of the top five fan bases in the NFL and Philadelphia was number one. So we can't have them as a top five fan base or the number one fan base without having them in the top five when it comes to home field advantage. So Philadelphia, the Link, it's rowdy, I mean, for goodness sakes, the fans ate horse poo when they won the championship. That just shows you they're willing to take it to any extreme in order to cheer on their team.
1: Number four.
2: Number four would be the Miami Dolphins. And people are going to say, what? Why is Miami number four in terms of toughest places to play? Like, you don't have fans that are necessarily locked in every single season. But if you've played in Miami in September when it's 100 degrees or in December, When it's 90 degrees, it's a tough place to play. NFL guys are not accustomed to playing in that kind of heat. When you put on the gear, when you put on the pads and the helmet, and you're not used to running around in those temperatures, that kind of humidity, it can be tough on you, and there is a built-in home field advantage for the Miami Dolphins. And there's a reason why this team is top five in winning percentage at home over the last three seasons in the NFL. Winning in September and winning in December has a whole lot to do with that. And, of course, the weather is going to be the biggest factor. And also, let's not forget, South Beach, undefeated. <laughs> no doubt about it. That's the other Number three. <laughs> Number three, talking about environments making it tough on opponents. The Denver Broncos and Mile High Stadium. Yes, mm. the altitude is a real thing. There is nothing you can do to adjust to it. You can try to come in. Right before the game, you could try to come in a couple of days early to get acclimated. It doesn't matter. You can't adjust to it. You're going to be breathing heavy when you go to play at mile high. If you're not used to the thin air up there, it's going to be a problem. And I just it's one of those things where, as an NFL player, you understand this is going to be a tough matchup just because of the environment. Not to mention, it gets really loud in mile high, too. They got some really pretty good football fans up there as well. Number two. That would be the Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, Seattle is one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL. I, I don't know what they're calling it now. It used to be CenturyLink. I don't know what they're calling it now. But Seattle, their stadium is built like two amphitheaters that are overlooking the field. Like that, the, the sound. I mean, Beast Quake happened when Beast Mode broke that tackle against the New Orleans Saints in the playoff game for a touchdown. Like, There there was a physical vibration in the city of Seattle because of that moment. Like, Seattle is one of the loudest, loudest environments that you ever want to play in. Not to mention the travel to Seattle, too, big fella. It is an outpost in the NFL. Mm. There is no quick trip to go play the Seahawks, even if you're a West Coast team. So I would say, like, Seattle is a huge, huge home field advantage.
1: Number one.
2: It's got to be the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Yep. The Kansas City Chiefs. Like th- That is the loudest stadium in the entire National Football League. And at this point, we're calling it the Arrowhead Invitational, the AFC Championship game. I, I just feel like th- this team has given that community something to rally around. And over the last five or six seasons, it has become the most raucous, the loudest, Uh, A stadium experience in the National Football League, which gives the Chiefs a huge, huge advantage. One of the toughest places, if not the toughest place to play around the National Football League. So there's the list. Any glaring omissions? Any points of contention?
0: Just questions. Um, You left Buffalo on the list, and I get why, because I don't think you look there, when you see the Dolphins play how they did in the postseason, when they go to Buffalo with a backup quarterback, that takes a little bit of the myth away
2: from it, right? Well, I mean, I saw how Miami played Buffalo. What was that in? Ooh, I think it was week, week 15. The regular it was season. Right two, before yeah. Christmas, it yeah. was a snowy game, and Tua had never played in temperatures, what was it, below 40 degrees? Mm-hmm. And that was a three point ball game. Yep. So, I mean, I and then you lost in the divisional round to the Cincinnati Bengals in the playoffs this year. I don't. I don't know that the home field advantage is as strong when it matters the most for the Buffalo Bills. Now, that being said, the Buffalo Bills are tied with the Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs for the highest winning percentage in football at home over the last three years. So make of that what you will. I would just say based on what we saw at the end of last year in December against Miami and in January against Miami and Cincinnati, the home field advantage for the Bills ain't all it's cracked up to be, even with the fans jumping on tables in the tailgate coming into the game. I, I just – I don't see it that way. Uh, last two would be Green Bay, and I'm a little bit
0: surprised if we were going a, a lot based on your own experience, too, that New
2: Orleans wouldn't have been in there. Yeah, I thought about New Orleans. Um, they they were they were there, but it, it just hasn't felt like the same type of home field advantage. Yeah. I mean, they were um, four and in, five at in, home like, last year. So, listen, in, yeah. when I was with the Ravens in 2014, 2015, we played down in New Orleans, had no problems with it. So it wasn't it okay. wasn't the same. I, I think we're a little bit removed from the, the 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 time where New Orleans had that huge huge home field advantage back in the uh, the mid to late two thousands. I will say this: um, the Green Bay thing. Never really had problems in Green Bay playing against the Packers. I mean, a part of the Giants' 2011 Super Bowl run, we went to Green Bay in the divisional round and we absolutely smoked them. That was our easiest playoff game during that postseason. So I don't, I don't necessarily read too much into Lambeau Field. It's one of those venues that every NFL fan should visit because it's just that special with the history. But I don't think there's this huge advantage for Green Bay Packers. So that is
0: your ESPN Radio. Rank em for this July 5th. The top five NFL home field advantages, courtesy of Chris Canty. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. More of your calls on the Angels. And Otani is now the time to start developing the plan to move on from him and potentially trade him away before the deadline. If you're not planning on offering him $550, $600 million and something just really disheartening that, frankly, it just,
4: it broke me over the weekend.
0: Canty and Carlin in for Greeny, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
4: Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
1: Greeny, the podcast.
0: You look at the people who were at the white party, the Michael Rubin white party out in the Hamptons, can't he? Like, Besides us, who wasn't
2: there? It's absurd. Everybody's there. Yeah, I, I, big fella, big fella. Listen, I'm not a celebrity, but I'm shocked that you didn't get an invitation. Like, no. I don't know how that didn't happen. Listen, did, did they just lose it in the mail? I mean, why weren't you there? I I, I didn't want to. turn it down. I mean, you got you're as tied in as anybody in that Philly community. I just feel like you would have you would have been there at the white party with Michael Rubin. I I just thought you would be there. I would. I was not invited,
0: uh, surprising as that is, because I would walk in, and I would immediately have the look of, "Why are you here?" That—that's the look I would get in return. And, and a, I don't own any linen clothing. I don't own one bit of linen. And really so, yeah no no
2: linen for the big guy no, and it's not just by saying, design linen is I a just... breathe it's breathable for the summertime linen is a good way to go in the summertime big fellow I know but Definitely. I don't does it go okay for the big guy I don't know does it I mean as a fellow 300 pounder let me tell you linen can save your life in the summertime you might need to invest oh okay but let's be clear when what's up
0: we might both be 300 pounds but one of us carries it a lot better because he's <laughs> six foot eight and an athlete. As opposed to the other one, who's six foot and not
2: an athlete. So I don't know if you can qualify what I am now as being an athlete. Okay, or but here's my point. Just gonna put that out there. I don't know of any linen with the
0: expandable waists. <laughs> Let's
2: put it that way. <laughs> I don't so know what if you're that's saying happening. is. So what you're saying is, if I could find you some linen pants with the expandable waist, you would rock out in a linen suit. That's what you're saying. I I'd wear an entire white linen outfit. And I will. Done. If you want. Say no more. Say less. Say less. <laughs> Say less. Say less. You walked into it and now it shall be so. You want Give me, to me do a, do a it? couple weeks. We on it. I'll do Say it. Say less. I'll absolutely Carlin do it. Carlin with the all white linen. The only thing I need you to do, Carlin, if you were going to the linen party by mm. Michael Rubin and Amtons, the white the white party, not the linen party. But if you were going and you had an all white linen suit, you would have to have the white brim to go along with the suit. Like you would need a white hat to go along with it. You'd have to have that. I could absolutely see Cat Daddy showing up to the Hamptons, Michael Rubin's all-white party with the white linen suit with the white hat. Now, would you throw on the white gaiters to go with it?
0: I, I mean, I'm how, so afraid how of the you, alligators after the stories the that you've told. I don't know that i wear any gator shoes you know, right you know, now. You're staying, you're staying away from the Gators altogether? Yeah. It, I mean, any gator sees me wearing gator shoes, they're immediately going to be pissed off. Oh, you're wearing Frank? Is that right? Is that what you're doing?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying, I could absolutely... I will... Listen. If you want to outfit make this me, happen, I'll do it. Fella. We can make this happen. The all-white linen suit with the hat to match... And some white gaiters. We can have we can the Canty Carlin white party ourselves. Yeah, or, or you know what? Not even the white gaiters. We can go with some white slippers. Carlin with the white <laughs> slipper shoes, the linen suit, and the hat to match. Oh, that would fresh be to death, big fella, putting on for the summertime. I'll do it. I'll absolutely do it. And I'll
0: tell you, I will look like a shorter, fatter, less talented DJ Carlin. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I just Carlin. need you to scream out when you come into the party, we the best. That's all I need you to say. When you come into the party, we the best, and hit it with another one. Another one. one. <laughs> Kenzie Carlin,
0: ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. In for Greeny, let's hit Wade up next on ESPN Radio. Wade, what's going on, bud? Yeah,
3: guys, uh, hear me out before you just tell me I'm nuts, but I'm thinking the Pirates for Otani, and here's why. First of all, it's the first time in a while that we haven't stunk as a team, uh, we have a ton of prospect capital. Um, so we can give them a ton without them spending a bunch of money. We know it's going to be a rental for the Pirates, but if we pack the stadium and just think how much more valuable Otani becomes if he saves Pittsburgh, put him in the off.
0: Listen, I, I understand the sentiment of it, certainly, but I, you're five games under five hundred. You're you're in you're in a middle <laughs> It ain't division. happening for you. Yeah, you, you might make the playoffs and get on a run and all that. That's not worth it. That's not what the Pirates need to be doing.
2: The, you already have three fifty win teams in the National League. It, yeah, it's it's not it it's not going to happen for Pittsburgh. This no, year. no, it's I just mean, not going to. Ha- it's okay, and it's okay. No, it's okay. It's just not going to happen for you guys this year.
0: Jesse, up next on ESPN Radio. Jesse, what's going on?
3: Hey, guys, I love the show, and I don't mean to be rude, Carlin, but if you're going to wear white, you're going to need a bib as well because you spill everything, man. <laughs> Every show, there's something getting spilled, and if you're going in an all-white suit, brother, man, you're going to need cows.
0: Canty. I, I, and listen, I can't argue with the thing he's saying. My first date with my wife, we went to uh, a restaurant, and somehow I am wearing a white button-down shirt, right? Uh-huh. And I decide, in my inimitable wisdom, to order pasta with red sauce. Oh, yeah. The entire, like, I don't remember a word that was spoken when the entree was on the table, because all I could think about is, don't spill it, don't spill it, don't spill it.
2: (laughs) Did I get through without spilling it? Of course not. Of Of course not. Of course you did. I had a stretch. So that brings up a bigger question, though, big fella. Yeah. Is it a faux pas to eat at an all-white party? Like, can you eat? Like, I'm sure that Michael Rubin had some kind of hors d'oeuvres flowing around the place along with the cocktails. But is it a faux pas to eat at an all-white party because you're in danger of spilling something on your all-white fit? Listen, if, if you're Michael Rubin and you have invited me to
0: that party, you knew what you were getting into. That's all I would say. Like So there would have to be food, and you would then, in fact, eat the food. I, absolutely, I would. And I, I am at the point now, I have reached the, the point in my life where I just, all right, if that happens, I don't care.
2: I don't care, really. You um, don't care? He's I, just like, I'm at the white party, but it looks like I have a red shirt on because I've spilled so much barbecue on myself? Exactly. I mean,
0: that's wow. your, to me, that's more of your problem than mine. Because I'm right going to go on, and I'm going to live my life, and I'm going to be fine. If If I somehow offended... Diddy, because I some uh, because I spilled barbecue sauce. Hey, don't put the barbecue sauce out.
2: That's so on you. If you go to the Michael Rubin White Party, and Chris Carlin happens to be invited. Just look for him where the food is at. That's probably where you'll be hanging. If out. there's
0: past hors d'oeuvres, I mean, I, I I am very good at you know weddings or whatever of spotting where the hors d'oeuvres are coming out from and camping out in that general vicinity. So you are first pick of the
2: hors Exactly.
0: There's not going to be a situation where you are coming anywhere near me with an empty tray. All right, let's, <laughs> let's scout here. It was my niece's wedding uh, in October in out in San Diego. Oh, oh, okay. Doors over there in that room. Let's. We're going to hang out over there. Uh, not next to the door. Not obnoxiously so. Within the line of sight.
2: What's you were just next? making sure that you you were within the path, exactly in the path where they were coming out with the hors d'oeuvres to pass around to the crowd. You ain't getting you. past me without paying the toll. See, that's listen. That's just good strategy. Yes, that's just that's just sound strategy. You had a game plan and you went into it and you executed, and that would be the same thing with us putting together an all white fit for you in honor of the Michael Rubin White Party. This past weekend. All right. So, who's got a
0: problem with me, Cam? About you know saying DJ Khaled. So Ben looked it up. You you said that you would look like a shorter, fatter DJ Khaled. I've met you, Carlin. You're what six one? I'm six foot. Six foot. Ben, yeah. how tall is DJ Khaled? That man is short. He is 5'7". <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> you were way well, off with your DJ I Khaled comparison. Uh, I, I guess all right. So I wouldn't be shorter, so you'd but I'd be a certainly... taller, more handsome, leaner DJ Khaled. Uh, Maybe I should just go with Balder. A balder, how about a DJ Khaled, for sure.
2: Yes. Or how about this? He'd just be a shorter, bigger version of Pitbull. <laughs> how tall is
0: Pitbull? <laughs> I, I assume but Pitbull's uh, taller than six foot. I would
2: assume. No. Yeah. I, it looks yeah. like it. I think he's taller than six foot. Yeah. I'll show up, Mr. I don't 30- know, but I'm just going to go with it because it feels right. You know me, Mr. 305. Let's yeah, say, just say a bald guy, all white, fit. I just like you, you and Pitbull. There you go, Sean. Next. Put on the stage, wait, you wouldn't know you wait, apart.
0: Wait, Sean. Pitbull is only five nine.
2: Really? <laughs> wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. These, wow. these guys are always shorter than you think. It is so much nicer to find out you're above average <laughs> in, in <laughs> one category. <laughs> oh <my> it's just <laughs> such a. It warms my heart to know that. So you'd be a taller, wider pit bull? Wider, yes. I would be a wider wider pit bull. bull. There you go. Sean next on ESPN Radio. Hey, Sean. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Good, brother. How are you? Uh, As a Braves fan, I'm living life right now. I would imagine so. uh,
3: This is the best, most fun I've had watching the Braves in my entire life. And I don't think anything would be more of the, the cherry on top than if they went out and got Otani.
2: Wait a minute, you just won a championship Otani. a couple of years ago. So I know, I'm i just being greedy. I don't think we need <laughs> Otani. I'm just saying, I want Otani to win. I think he deserves to win and put him in that lineup, and we put up 10 runs a game. But... you, First you of all, they don't need Otani. They're, this, they're the best team in baseball. They don't need Otani. <laughs> how, how could
0: this... And how could this be the best in your history when you have... Watched they a team, they're going to make the playoffs for the 23rd time in 33 years. I mean, that's a, Canty, if we're talking about the best organizations in baseball, it feels like we forget about the Braves sometimes.
2: We do forget about the Braves. And dare I say, you want to talk about the best players in all of baseball? Oh, my God. Ronald Acuna Jr.? My God. Oh. Like, I know everybody is paying attention to the season that Shoe is having, and for good reason. But just go take a look at Ronald Acuña Jr.'s season. He's got an OPS north of 1000. Yep. The guy is the guy is phenomenal in terms of runs created. Like you're not going to find much better in all of baseball. Like you have one of the best players in the entire sport. Not to mention one of the best offenses in the entire sport. You don't need Shohei Otani. That is a nice to yeah. have. That's a luxury, but you don't need them. They're already the best team in baseball. They don't need to go out and trade big league players and prospects in order to bring over Otani. They don't have to do that. No,
0: you've got Matt Olson at eight years, 160. He's only leading the National League in runs batted in. Ozzie Albies is under contract for another four or five years uh, yeah. at least under control. He's second in RBIs. Austin Riley, Ronald Acuna, both tearing it up. Both going nowhere anytime soon. The Braves are not just
2: great. They're going to be great for a while. Carlin, they're coming off of a nine-game win streak that was snapped yesterday by Cleveland, but this ain't the first nine-game win streak they've had this season. They're 23, they've done it a four. couple of times. They're the they're best team in four. baseball. I, I tell I, you. It's, it's unbelievable. It's they, unbelievable.
0: They really don't get the credit for being the organization that they have been for the last 30-plus years. And here's
2: the one thing I'll say about Sean. Like, how can this be the best time you've had as a Braves fan when you just won a championship? How? It is an embarrassment of riches that has happened with that organization.
0: It is absolutely absurd what they've been able to do. Tomorrow, another one.
1: Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio